Thank you very much, uh, worship team. Lord bless you all. And uh, we just want to uh, wish you all the Lord's blessing. I'm just going to pray before we start here. Heavenly Father, we just ask that uh, you touch each one to be listening this morning. Lord, the Holy Spirit, I just ask you to help me with the speaking of your word. We just ask you to give your word uh, free reign this morning that people are able to hear. And so, Father, we just ask your name be lifted up, honored, and glorified. In this time, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're looking at uh, unshakable hope. This is message number three, unshakable hope. I'm going to start reading from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 16, 17. It says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. And in Romans 15, 4, it says this, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so there's a, a lot of people there today, they, they're starting to lose hope. But uh, we have a message of hope today. And that it's a hope that one confides or to which he flees to for refuge. That's what it means here. Expectation, a joyful, confident expectation of eternal salvation. That's hope. And that's from the, the lexicon, the Greek lexicon. See, our, our, our society today is experiencing hopelessness. Even before the COVID-19, uh, researchers had noticed that in America there was a hopelessness uh, creeping into the society. And uh, Dr. Mira, he said that in the last 15 years, middle-aged white Americans have been left out, according to study, death rates for white American ages 45 to 54 climbed half a percent each year between 1999 and 2013. And uh, it was different uh, with other groups. It's almost as if there, he says, that the doctor says there's an epidemic of hopelessness. Now, this was before COVID-19. And it said, uh, of course, what happens? He noticed that uh, there was an increase in opioids among these people. When people get desperate, they go to other things for hope. Some will go to the bottle, some will go to the pill, some will go to relationships, some will go to pleasures, some will go to many other things. Uh, and for to uh, sort of get rid of the, this hopelessness. Now, as I mentioned, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. It's not, so it's faith, hope, and love. They're still in existence, faith, hope, and love. And so, uh, as one person put it, they're called three divine sisters all together, faith, hope, and love. And, uh, and they're all immortal, faith, hope, and love. They continue on forever and ever. And so we're going to trust in the Lord you know, and, and what's going on. So faith is based in God's word. It says in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the Bible. That's how faith comes. And so hope is based on that faith. Faith, hope, Love, it's based on that. 
And so the only valid hope is that which is based on the present now. Hope is more future. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's going to be speaking this morning. I can mention the word of God to you. And so it's not wishful thinking. No, wishful thinking may occur, but it's no guarantee that things will happen. A lot of people have wishful thinking. So let me ask you a question. Where is your faith placed? In what or in whom or organization, whatever it is, where are you placing uh, your faith? And some people, they place their faith in the WHO, the World Health Organization, and they let this pandemic just get out of the bag and it's gone all around the world now. So a lot of people, they, over the years, you see, uh, when I was in Africa, I lived in Europe, and I saw a lot of people with uh, T-shirts with New York City on, the place to go, the place of your dreams. Now it's, uh, it's an exodus now out of New York because it's a hot spot for the pandemic. And so God wants you to have faith even to the worst of times. And I, I read this, uh, this story uh, after Germany uh, in World War II, the Allied forces, they were, they were searching farms and houses looking for snipers. And uh, they found in one abandoned house, it was a heap of rubble. And the searchers with flashlights, they found their way in the basement. And there on the wall, in the crumbling wall, somebody had scratched in a, a, a cross. And then beneath it, in rough lettering, was this. Uh, it said this. I think I have it on the slide there. I don't know if it is on there. Well, anyway, he said this. I believe in the sun, even when it does not shine. I believe in love, even when it is not shown. And I believe in God even when he does not speak. So that's uh, an unshakable faith that this person had. Dr. Watts, here's what he said. I bless God. I can lie down with comfort tonight, not being anxious whether I wake in this world or in another. No anxiety there. Here's what Corey Ten Boom said. and said, in darkness, God's truth shines the most clear. And I think we're in dark days right now, and God's truth is going to shine really clear in this time. Now, there's uncertain days ahead. I don't know what's going to be happening. Uh, we can sort of uh, have an idea, but we don't know. You know, there's uh, one thing it is doing, though. It's uh, in these uncertain times that the false teaching that is being exposed uh, the hyper-faith teaching and all those things like that. COVID-19 is exposing it. Now, I remember one of the uh, hyper-faith teachers got on TV and even put it on own website, and he declared that COVID-19 was gone. And, of course, at, right after that, the, the deaths spiked. They skyrocketed. And, uh, of course, when, you, when your faith is based on that little God's teaching, where they teach you that you're little God's, and you try to declare things, uh, it's not going to work. So that's one good thing about it. It's, it's exposing the false out there. Now, the ultimate hope is the return of the Lord. There's no panic in heaven. God has no problems, only plans. That's, that's our ultimate hope. Here's what Billy Graham said. He said, for the believer... There is hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ has opened the door 
to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. That's what Billy Graham said. That's where the hope is. And there's no hopelessness. And in Titus 1, 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. It says, in the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And in 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10, it says this, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. That's hope in that, because there is a wrath that is coming. And, uh, and Jesus died on the cross in your place and my place with everything wrong that you've done so that we can have eternal life. That's good news. And in 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, it says, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. The patient waiting for Christ. The North American church, by and large, is really not waiting for the return of the Lord. I'll say that again. The North American church, by and large, is not waiting for the return of the Lord. Because one of the main gospels that is preached is the prosperity gospel, where tens of millions are following this, where God wants you rich and healthy and all those other things. And so they're focusing on this. But I think the COVID-19 is sort of taking the legs out of this movement. And uh, some are beginning to get a refocus, a realigning their lives to see that what they've been placing their confidence in, their priorities have been askewed. And they're getting them changed right now. See, most people don't have the idea of eternity in view. They don't have that. They're more focused on the pensions, the vacations, and the, uh, all those other things. But I think COVID-19 is bringing an awareness that there's other things there. It's exposing our mortality. That's what it's doing. But see, God is focused on our immortality, and he showed that with the, with the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And that's our hope for today. See, a lot are imprisoned by just time, the few years here, and they're all focused on that, and they don't realize that there's an eternity with Christ or without Christ, in heaven or within hell. There's that eternity that's there, but most focused, uh, people are focused on just the, the things here and now. Now, in James 4, 13 to 15, it says this. This is what uh, half-brother Jesus wrote. He said this. Now, listen you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. That's what some people say. That's what the focus is. Verse 14, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist. Isn't that very, that's very uh, uplifting and uh, uh, the nature of man, you're a mist. says in the King James, it says you're a vapor. That's what the Bible says, you're just a vapor. It means just here for a short time, then we're gone. I don't know if you've ever seen a vapor come out of a, a kettle or something like that. You see it, it's gone, it doesn't last very long. That's what your life is like, and that's what my life is like. And it says here, 
uh, says our life is a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Verse 15, instead, here's what you ought to say. If this, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. I think somebody said uh, recently, one of the worst purchases that you can make or ever made, they ever made, was buying a 2020 agenda for the year. Uh, our, all our plans are skewed. You can plan the year. A lot of people made plans for 2020. They had to cancel cruises. They had to cancel plane flights. They had to cancel visits. And now you can't even leave the border. And so, so much for the planning. But God has everything under control. He knows what's going on. And we may place our faith in him. He'll guide you through. So, and here's the hope. Hebrews 6, 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. So we have this hope as an anchor, an anchor for the soul. Uh, have you ever seen boats, you know, when the, the rough waters come? And the, so what they do is they, they put the anchor out. And that anchor, it stabilizes the ship when there's rough waters. And we're in rough waters right now. And the anchor is sort of is a symbol of hope. It's a symbol. And so when, it, when it's cast into the bottom, it secures the ship for the time. So in Hebrews 6.20, coming right after 6.19, it says this, where Jesus who went before us has entered on our behalf, he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. See, Jesus is the only channel through whom the love of God flows and, and, and it comes and, uh, and it flows through with hope, faith, hope, and love. It's channeled through Christ who died on the cross in your place and my place. And uh, so the source of all hope is from God and the channel is Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Now, in 2 Thessalonians, which we already uh, read previously, I'm going to look at them again, 2 Thessalonians 2.16, says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and a good hope by grace. And so you can't buy hope. You can try to, but this hope is given by grace and that grace is something you can't work for. You can't earn it. There's no good work you can do to get it. It just means favor that's given by God uh, for no merit of our own. Basically, that's what it is. And verse 17 says, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and uh, word. And so the love of God, it's a spring in the fountain of everything that we could have or hope for. So in hard times, in difficult times, and like right now we're experiencing difficult times, but we haven't seen anything yet. It's just a beginning. That uh, the love of God is the, knowing that God loves you is our anchor and hope for this time. Knowing that God loves you. Even though you're experiencing difficulty, knowing that God loves you and he has a plan for you will be an anchor for your life. And so God's love, it's not earned. It's given by grace. Just remember that. And so knowing God as a father gives you hope. 
That's the hope. Now, uh, one thing about this, when we use the word father, for many, it conjures up some negative connotations because of the way they were raised up by their earthly father. The earthly father is totally different from the heavenly father. And this is what Tozer said. He said, what comes into your minds when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Here's what he said. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. See, father conjures up all sorts of images. Some people were raised by an abusive father. Some were beaten. Some were, uh, and they're using this, this word father. But the heavenly father is not like that. We have a loving heavenly father. And, uh, and, that, and that's, the, that's the hope you have in the circumstance that you're in now. In uh, Luke 11, 11, it says this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, uh, will give him a scorpion? Uh, verse 13, I think I have it here. If you then, though you are evil, that's referring to the, the fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, says. And so the hope comes through Jesus Christ. It's the only channel of God's love, and that's the hope. And now remember, it can't be earned. So it says now, I'll read it again. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God and Father who has loved us and given us an everlasting consolation and good hope. Remember, it's, it's a good hope. In, in, in the book of Peter, it talks about a, a living hope and a good hope, living hope. And I think we need that in today's society with what's going on and the decisions that are being made. And this is worldwide. There seems to be a worldwide darkness that has come in. It says in 1 John 5, 19, it says, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. People are wondering, well, what is going on in this world today? Well, first of all, the, the world, its sin has entered into the world. We live in a fallen world. Man chose his own way rather than God's way, and we're seeing the consequences of it. 95% of the viruses are good, but there's got these rogue viruses that are out there, uh, which came through the fall of man. The whole world is contaminated by sin. And so that's why Christ died on the cross, so that you and I can have eternal life. And it says that the gifts of God are received by faith, not by works. There's nothing you can do to earn the, the gifts of God. Hope is a gift of God's love. Faith, hope, and love, these three. No, they're like sisters. And that's the glad tidings of the gospel, the comfort which you receive through believing. Believing, faith. And he's giving us an everlasting consolation. It's not temporary. It's everlasting. It's eternal. See, a lot of people just have a temporary hope. They put their, they put their hope in their pension plan. They put their hope in their job. I mean, just look at what happened in the United States, and Canada for that matter. In the beginning of February, the United States had the lowest unemployment rate ever in the history and within one month highest unemployment rate everything was reversed in a very short period of time 
And a lot of people, they place their, their hope in their job, hope in their education, hope in their bank account, hope in their schooling, hope in their home, hope in, uh, in their family. And it just changed like that in a short period of time. See, we have to place our hope in eternal hope in Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's our eternal hope. That's the hope of the world. In Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's the hope for today, an everlasting consolation. See, a lot of people, are, they're slaves to time. I got a Timex right in my hand here, a Timex. It's telling me when to stop preaching. Man, I got another hour to go, okay? Uh, but we're no longer slaves to time. Uh, I want to just give you some evidences of hopelessness. Alienation. Feeling alone. We don't have control. A lot of people are feeling that now. They don't have control over what's going on. Powerlessness. Oppression. Just doom. Well, if you watch the news, you're going to feel doomed. Turn it off. Look at something else. Read the Bible. Get some good news. That's what the gospel is. It means good news. Another uh, thing is helplessness. No, we feel, feel helpless with this COVID-19. What do you do? Put a mask on, wash your hands. That's about the best you can do. And, uh, and, and then we're just wanting to give up. And some people say, well, what's the use? These are all evidences of hopelessness. Now, if anyone should have been hopeless, it should have been the Apostle Paul, who wrote a good part of the New Testament. Let me, let me just give you a reading of what he went through. Yet he didn't experience hopelessness. In 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. Am I in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often? Verse 24 of 2 Corinthians 11, from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. That means he's whipped uh, 40 times minus one. Five times that happened to him. And then three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Uh, when he says, once I was stoned, he's not talking about that stuff you smoke. He's talking about rocks that we're throwing at him. You know? And, and it says, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own country, in perils of Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in toil, sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness. And here's what he writes in Romans. The same apostle went through all those things. He says uh, in Romans 5, 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. See, Paul didn't get down himself with all those things. I just read a quick reading of all those things he went through. And yet, why could he still have hope? Because he didn't live for himself. He lived for Christ. He lived for others. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't self-focused. He was Christ-focused. He was focused on Christ. Because he knew he was going to leave the body one day. And he wanted to make sure that he would advance the kingdom of Christ. And he was waiting for the Lord's return. Not like the people today in the church in North America. They're not waiting for the Lord's return. They're waiting to build a bigger bank account. Well, good luck in COVID-19. So 
So the hope that we have is we know we have the Holy Spirit within us. When you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. See, our hope is of a different kind. It's founded on the goodness and the truth of God. In Romans 14, 7 and 8, it says, For none of us lives to himself. This is the Apostle Paul writing again. And no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. I just think of uh, Ravi Zacharias right now, who's gone around the world for, for decades. No two rods in his back. Bringing the gospel to every nation in the world. Leaders, uh, Islamic countries, and all sorts of places. And he just went in for a little back surgery, and they found out that he had inoperable cancer. He's, I think he's 73, 74. He's now surrounded by his family, and uh, he's encouraged by the letters that are coming in. But he knows where he's going. Now, he, he was faithful to the cause of Christ, and he's surrounded with his family now, and he, I guess he can hardly speak. He's left a good team behind him. He's done his time. He's going to be with the Lord very soon. Very soon. See, he didn't live for himself. He traveled around the world hundreds of times, you know, being absent from the family, probably sometimes 250 speaking engagements in different countries around the world, and away from his family. Uh, but he didn't live for himself. It's hard to be around people who live for themselves. All they do is talk about themselves. All they do is talk, 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 talk. Talking about themselves, talking to themselves—that's all they're doing. You can't. How do you be around that? He wasn't like that. He was talking for the Lord, Rabbi Zacharias. See, Jesus Christ liberates the prison of self and time. He's the liberator of self and time. Hope liberates. And I want to close with this: Psalm seventeen, fifteen. As for me. I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. Satisfied. In the place, in God's presence. Satisfied. Without want of anything. Happiness in respect of duration will be eternal. Forever. And so with all the things that are going on today, uh, this is David who wrote this. And you have to look at David in the context that he wrote this. King Saul was trying to kill him. He was chasing him. This went on for years. And this is what he wrote. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. So even though he's being chased, and he, he, the king was trying to kill him, went on for years like this, he could write this. Psalm 17:15. And so, this beholding of God's face, it signifies two things. Basically, you enjoy God's favor, and that means you have that intimate communion with Him. When you have that, you have hope. Where else is there hope today other than in, in Christ Jesus? Where is the hope? You know, not in jobs. If you work for Air Canada, they just laid off half the work before it's there. Place your hope in Christ. And that's, and you can ask him into your heart today. Maybe you don't know him, but he has a plan for your life. You can ask him and you just recognize, you know, 
yourself as you've gone your own way without God. You've sinned. And you can ask him to forgive you. He said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can do that right where you are. And he'll give you a plan for your life. And he'll give you hope, an eternal hope, a living hope, and a good hope. God bless you all. May the Lord richly bless you.